1: And we're back with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by FullScale.io. Matt DeCorsi here with David Biga. Hi, David.
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Well, thanks for coming to sit in for Master Watson today. Um, Let me give you a quick intro. David is the creator and founder of Particle Space, found at ParticleSpace.com. Hi, David.
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Uh, It's going, man. I'm just, you know, it's a... I don't know what day of the week this will actually come out, but it is Friday here. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm ready for the weekend. Are you?
0: Yeah, I am. I'm excited to get out there and, you know, uh, enjoy the weather.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting as regards to the weather. So for those of you listening, we are here in Kansas City, right here in the middle of the country. It is hot. It is steamy. <laughs> And I'm kind of over it, man. I'm kind of over it. So um, you guys know I like to encourage you to let things be interactive while you're listening to the show. Go to ParticleSpace.com and you will uh, be able to check out what David does. And we're going to talk about today about intelligent space management and some things that your platform does to help people manage stuff you sure. had right, about as general and nonspecific as I could be? <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that, that is.
1: <clears throat> okay, well, let's talk a little bit about particle space. Um, recently, you were awarded a top 50 tech companies de- designation by the IFHA, also found at Intercon, not Intercom, Intercon.world. Uh, congrats.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. thank you.
1: So Why? Tell so, us a little bit about like, th- let's talk about particle space. Sure. F- first, like, um, I know you have a background, uh, you're from Chicago, you worked for Google. You also work for another company that's, uh, had a very, uh, well publicized exit here in Kansas city of I verify both, uh, well, those companies are both pretty good. So let's yeah. talk about why yours is going to be.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> so, you know, what, what happened? How, how did particle space come about? Well, I was, you know, uh, Back in the spring of 2015, um, I was driving home uh, from doing some digital sound processing, um, you know, just some afternoon, evening, uh, personal stuff that I was working on uh, for manipulating sound and guitar pedals. And
1: I have a little background in that that industry, but sure.
0: Yeah, great. Uh, I I don't know if you know JHS pedals, Mm -hmm. but... You know, yeah, I used anything.
1: to work for Roland. They were our competitors. Oh
0: wow, yeah. yeah so, so I used yeah. to um, do some stuff with them. Sure. Um, and I was driving home one day, and I just passed an apartment complex. And you know, I just had this vision for man. What if I was flying above all of these apartments, and I looked down, and I could see everything that was going on within these buildings. So whether a tenant was late on rent. Whether there was a flood, there was a work order—you name it. What if I could just have one instant visual snapshot? Um, you know, so you know that's spring, summer, I went home. Uh, you know, and just throughout the 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 summer, building out a prototype, proving that hey, you know what, I could actually do something like this using three D technology. Um, and so
1: now let's stop for a second because, and not to not to cut you off there, but. Um, not everybody that's listening is going to be familiar with, quote, 3D technology. Sure. So I always like to stop whenever people drop acronyms okay. um, and stuff like that so we can be well defined. This show is about not only about people's experiences, it's also about our failures and as well as trying to help educate. So yeah. what is 3D technology like? What do you mean?
0: So the best way of describing that would open your phone, go to Google Maps or Apple Maps zoom in on a city and you're going to have skyscrapers rise out of the ground so what we do is think of that exact exact concept but with detail and color coding so okay. you know you might zoom in on a building maybe the sears center or sears tower in chicago and uh the different floors would change colors you know floor 10 floor seventy. you know they'll change colors because of a different activity
1: Okay, right, so sure. it gives
0: you an instant. So
1: the same thing issue. with like an apartment complex or something like that. Yeah. And so, what do those color codes represent?
0: So color codes they represent different uh, events. So they could be a sensor related issue. They could be a uh, logistical issue, such as a tenant did not pay their rent, mm. or there is a pending work order. And what is neat is all of this is um, customizable by the user. So you know, an interesting fact is. You know, we process images, you know, in the human mind so much quicker than we do any type of uh, any other type of data. Right. And and that's
1: what a lot of this 3D technology is trying to solve. Like you hear the term neural net, which is like way like honestly, they're trying to understand like what that really is. I mean, that neural net and that sounds like something out of Tron. Or like something out of like, you know, what's that movie where Johnny Depp uploads himself to the Internet?
0: What's that called? (laughs) I don't know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know (laughs) the movie, right? But the thing
1: is, it's like this neural net. And what David's talking about is what goes on in our brains and behind our eyes and all this stuff is – Like process, it's like a supercomputer, and it does Mm -hmm. all this different stuff. So now things like computer vision and a lot of this other three D three D technology is attempting to emulate it, but it's trying to catch up to the own to our own human capacity, right? And
0: and the simplest of way I could give someone the kind of prove that is, you know, think of your home that you live in. Close your eyes. I guarantee it. You can walk around that home,
1: yeah, sure, because
0: you already have it mapped in yeah. your mind. So the benefit that uh, Particle Space is bringing with the three dimensional is that someone who is in charge of that area knows the building. Yeah, they're instantly going to recognize that. Sure, you know, hey, this is where a flood is. Here's
1: occurring. this corner, and the sensor's going off, and it's saying that there's water. And like, if you've ever owned a building or even your own home, uh, water water in the wrong places is bad. <laughs> Yes, is that correct? So, yes. so, and we've had a couple people on here. One of which was uh, you. Well, you might have worked with him, Joel Tepley. Yep, um, a great guy. And yeah, Joel. So Joel's you know really mad science-y. Yeah, I mean all the way down to the hair, um, and we love Joel. But talking about, so, I've learned. I, it, it's possible that most everything I've learned about computer vision and neural nets and stuff yeah. like that, I actually learned from Joel just from like okay. hanging out with him. But uh, and people don't realize this. So computer vision's technology that helps capture this neural nature of a view. And like, we look at things and they're like, you look at your computer monitor and that's a technically a two dimensional space. So one of the things you told me that's really difficult is that like, when you take a picture of a room and you have a corner, Mm -hmm. there's actually depth there. Yeah. So, and that's what you, when we talk about 3d, we're talking about measuring that depth and having a better understanding of like, Hey, that's not just a flat surface computer. That's actually like, Six feet there, and if yeah. you move four degrees this way, it's only five foot ten. Yeah, so it's complex.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Is that which is that the kind of stuff you were doing with iverify and some of that stuff? Yeah, like, so
0: you know, some of the stuff we did there was uh, uh, really handling. uh So we had our scientists right who would come up with different algorithms, different uh models that would be in charge of detecting different features of right. the eye um, you know, to verifying someone's identity to looking for glossiness, like, so, is it a doll? Is it, you know, how alive is this thing that it's seen, right? Is it a doll
1: um, or is it a human? Wow, I never yeah. Even thought about right. That. And, yeah. and, you
0: know, and an interesting fact there is, um, dolls actually that, you know, generally the, the marbles or whatever they have, you know, they are more glossy. So, you know, people would try and spoof that, right. Using a, a doll or something to create an identity on hmm. or, you know, so you know Weird. You, yeah uh, uh, yeah so you know my role specifically was handling a lot of our core uh, uh, engine right to make sure everything could be processed correctly we could process frames um, and, and, and enabling a pathway to communicate with these models that did the different uh, image processing okay. um, to detect set specific features
1: so now how does that translate so when you guys so let's and I, I don't want to get stuck on 3d tech too long but obviously when you're relying on that and you have to have the model of everything yeah. for a building, let's just take this. We've got building X here mm-hmm. and it's got eight floors mm-hmm. and every floor has 20 apartments on it. Yeah. How do you get that? Like, how do you map that?
0: Yeah. So there, there's a, a couple ways. Currently what we've done is we've created our own kind of 3d world, right? So we've kind of generated our own world access. So you have a X y and z right and from that uh what we do is we can take a floor plan uh uh, and generate a 3d model from that and then all it does is (coughs) stack floors
1: from the basic floor plan yeah um so like a blueprint yeah, yeah,
0: sure. um, you know, so you could take that and we could process that down and generate that three D model from sure. it. Sure,
1: that's uh, actually, I mean, blue a blueprint is, is as precise as it gets. Sure, I mean, that's going to yeah. tell you the height, the the length, the would the um, the thickness of a wall, yeah. where pipes are, things like that. Yeah, and yeah. then other things that
0: you know we we are doing to uh, make it simpler because you know a property manager. Building owner, they might not have those uh, those information, that uh, blueprint lying around, right? Some of
1: that stuff's public record, isn't it?
0: Some of it, yeah. yeah. Depends on the, the, the building. Um, and I think, yeah, I think there's a size restriction, but I'm sure. not entirely sure about that. So, but another way we're doing is uh, through our mobile app, you can essentially uh, uh, walk outside and scan your building, right? And then we could generate a 3D model in our platform from those dimensions that okay. are, are captured. Um, you know, and then the, 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 the bare bones way of doing it is we just have basic 3d struck floor plans that you can select that look like you're building and then you can
1: just build off. I see. So, um, you mentioned that the, that it's customizable, Mm -hmm. excuse me, mentioned that it's customizable. Um, so that means your strength is also your weakness Mm -hmm. in that regard. Um, and I, and I have firsthand experience with this, nothing nearly as complex as what you're doing, but as the founder of gigabook, we built a fully customizable appointment management system Mm -hmm. and then very quickly realized that that was our strength. It was also immediately our weakness Mm -hmm. because that meant that we had to figure out how to help people customize it. Yeah. Quickly and efficiently Mm -hmm. without getting frustrated or just quitting.
0: Yeah. Have you had
1: some of those same challenges building this along the way?
0: (laughs) Yeah, we we definitely have. I think what we've kind of focused on. And it's because people
1: inherently aren't patient. Yeah. They don't want to learn something new. They're why, why doesn't this know everything about me now? Which
0: is why we've created kind of like <clears throat> base floor plans that yeah. are general enough that people are okay with. Sure. It's usually what we see, right? But we'll just say, hey, you know, here's a. Uh, it takes a minute to add a 3D building in our platform, um, you know, going through this quick process, right? This quick start. All they do is fill up the building info, like yeah. name, address, and then they select a floor plan that looks like it. How many floors does it have? And then is there a template that you
1: created sure. already? And that's it. Yeah. And
0: then boom, you have a 3D building.
1: And is that because not everybody care, uh, not all your users like inherently care about ha- having it be yeah. 100% like accurate? They want to just manage the space. Yeah. They, they probably don't have sensors and other stuff or at least not yet.
0: So it depends on the industry you're dealing with. Um, You know, if you're dealing with like facility managers, generally they want uh, uh, that more specific detail. Sure. Um, And the reason why you'd want that is because, um, you know, if a a pipe breaks, they need to know within that, you know, like an office space where exactly that pipe um, uh, uh, is broken. Uh, Whereas, you know, property managers in, you know, multi- multi buildings that are maybe five stories each, right. They might, all they might care about is having water sensors, um, or fire detection in key locations. And then if those trigger, then they know, um, you know, generalized where, where that event is occurring.
1: Yeah. And if you, uh, if you own a, uh, a 15 story building and there's a massive water leak on the 15th floor, that's going to wreak havoc for the 14th floor, like big time. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of damage. water like, spreads water is is as uh, it, obviously the opposite of fire, but it can it's as destructive, yeah, um, maybe not well maybe not as destructive, but it sure comes close, wreaks a lot of havoc so <clears throat> all right, so now with this like so it, this is one of the things that you talk about here in my in the notes I'm looking at is there there's not hardware. Required, yeah, to use particle space, yeah. which um, could be a specific advantage for you. Yep. Is that is that the purpose? Now, do you integrate with hardware that people may already have?
0: Yeah. So here, here's and here's part of the reason why we really were able to, um, why we got uh, uh, recognized as top fifty tech companies in the nation, and that's because of how. So in real estate, we've really identified two sectors. You have property management, and you have building management. Property management is all logistical, tenants, work orders, um, you know, people, background screenings, payment collection, all of that. Building management would be the physical building itself. You know, is the AC too high? Is there a uh toilet that needs to be replaced, et cetera? Um and you know, what we do is we combine that and enable enable you in a way to say, hey, let me talk to an existing infrastructure right? So a little history, IoT has essentially been around for, man, over 30, 40 years. Um, It just hasn't been labeled as such. And the reason for that um, is you have these controllers in buildings, uh, Johnson Controls, Siemens, right? Train. Um, And these systems are connected to HVAC, to fire alarm, security, access door controls, um, different things. And they all communicate back to a Panel, right? Some sort of controller. That controller runs on either Backnet or Modbus protocol, and these essentially are IP-based protocols. And so, if you have a router, which everyone has internet now, right? Sure. Uh, your ISP uh, provider they they give you a router, and so all you have to do is plug a Ethernet cable in the back of that router into the uh, panel and enable Particle Space to talk to that. So sure. you know. I can go into this building if they're running, let's say they're running train, that's a backnet protocol. So
1: and trains air conditioning.
0: Yeah, they do HVAC, yeah. they do a lot. Right. But so, these, and these I've s-
1: actually been down at uh High Arena hanging out mm-hmm. with Steve Fouch, the guy that owns the place. Mm-hmm. And and I was sitting in his office and he was actually on trains site. Yeah. Because think about that. This is an arena that could yeah. that at one point held 16,000 people and now is rebuilt two different levels um air conditioning something that matters there yeah and like also like when it's on when it's off like if they're gonna have a massive uh if they're gonna fill that whole place up they have to start cooling it the day before yeah so and and just different stuff but i saw train and it was like they had a pretty intricate uh almost like a 3d model yeah and it was giving him some data. So you'll work with some of that as well.
0: Exactly. So, so all we, we're an aggregator for all of this data,
1: right? We want to play
0: nice with everyone. So back to what I was talking about, you know, uh, uh, how we're hardwareless is there's a lot of infrastructure that already exists right. that we can communicate with. You know, there's there's so much segmentation with this IoT um, uh, 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 or. These segmented markets, right? You have all these different companies creating all these different IoT devices. They're creating their own proprietary platforms and just making a lot of noise. But, you know, it's just adding so much more confusion and problems because I have, to have accounts for, you know, my Nest. I need to have account for, um, you know, my Google Home. Well, now they're one, but uh, I need to have account for my Vivian system. I need to have an account for Train. I need to have an account for Johnson Controls, right? When at the end of the day, all of these devices are essentially the same in how they communicate. And particle space can talk to that directly just through a simple router that is already there. And so aggregating that data and displaying it in 3D models to show um, you know, where an event occurs. Um, but then the interesting thing as well is we're taking that data and we're beginning to do some interesting analysis, such as preventative maintenance. You know when your AC might go out because of uh, how certain rooms are running. You know what's the temperature outside versus what you're trying to maintain inside. You can know, um, you know, when a fan might go or you know when the, the 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 coils. Right.
1: So with that, now you're talking about pattern recognition and some mm-hmm. of that's like I mean like AI, machine learning yeah. type stuff. So I mean this is a whole nother. Yeah, a whole nother avenue. Yeah. So, I mean, think
0: about this. I'm a property manager, right? I'm not techie at all. It, you know, I might, but majority of folks aren't going to be like uh, a hardware focused, right? They're not going to know how to uh, fix their HVAC system or whatnot. But if all of this can be provided to you through visual cues and just telling you this information, your risk scores, I mean, that can save you thousands of dollars as sure. well as not only being able to prevent something uh, uh like a, a ac unit going out but if a critical event i mean response time is important
1: right right also that's back to fire and water or yeah. stuff like that that can be a big deal and then you know another thing too is as hot as it gets in the summer different places like i mean you can literally like kill people with like i mean people die in some yeah. of these heat waves like yeah. it's like crazy and yeah. and but that's, I mean, the struggle is real on some of this, and and so, with <clears throat> with things like climate change, and obviously like the world's pretty populated, that's continuing to grow, and things like energy conservation and green tech, clean tech kind of stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Do you guys also help manage any of that?
0: Absolutely, we could, um, because of so from a data side, we could help analyze and and even trigger commands to you know help reduce h for instance we could opt- like
1: hey you're cooling this hallway like all day every day and your doors and open and are you do- okay or there's been one person that's been in this hallway all day
0: yeah so so one of the things we're we're doing um you know one of our clients north point development group um we're uh, we're in their smart building initiative for their beyond self storage units and um, one of the things we're doing is based on the foot traffic that comes in through uh, uh, sliding doors right we can determine like hey here's what you should put the AC at because of you know during these times you don't have that much much usage right, right. you don't have that much flow um, and so you know here's the neat thing we can also, trigger commands so we could essentially automatically adjust that assuming we can talk to the controller itself and it's not just a a a read only right like give me data so we could actually send commands to these these controllers that you know unlock doors that change the temperature to turn on lighting you name it
1: so your 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 tam or your total addressable market here is huge it is it's massive it's too big for even one company to even handle all of it, which also means you probably have a shitload of competition or people competing for this business. So how are you handling that? And I mean, like what's your plan? Like, so in order to sell stuff, you, I mean, theoretically you need to help people sell more, spend less, preferably do both. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, obviously the workflow efficiency that could come in and like some of those savings, but like, where's, where's your specific advantage there? Where are you going to, where are you going to crush the world?
0: So what we're there, sorry, that's a tough question. It I is because there's yeah. so much. So what we've kind of been doing is narrowing down in commercial. Um, you know, we work with residential as well, but really our sweet spot is um right now is commercial. And the reason why is because they like both avenues. They like being able to um manage uh, uh people, collect rent through our platform, screen the commercial tenants, but then also their facility managers get the insight of the building, right? So it's a 360 view, 360 um, uh, uh, platform for them uh, uh, of total management. And, 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 and a little bit on the, the competitor side, right, is, you know, we really have competitors in each market spot, meaning, you know, kind of how we identified the two sectors, right? We had building management and property management, we kind of have competitors on either side of those, but no one really in the middle that connects both of these together. And that's what really sets us apart. So, you know, some of the issues we would have is, you know, maybe on the property management side, they're already using a platform like Yardi or Buildium. And they're like, you know what, there's, I don't care about the building management. This is good enough. That could be a deterrent for having folks switch to our platform. Um, Same thing with the a building management side, right. They might not have a need for property management. So they're like, you know what? I like what I have. It's good enough. Um, so that's where we found though, in the commercial space, they like having both, um, you know, but with the data aspect of things that is helping to uh, 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 make more incentive.
1: Sure. So, and, and you know, the thing is, is I mean, competition's good in this case. I mean, there's literally like an infinite yeah amount of market here. And, and I say infinite and it's because we keep building more buildings. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and other things are needed. Um, yeah, it, for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're going to look at that. And I know I did this at one point myself. Uh, back to back to Gigabook. Um, you know, the whole thing was I was like, oh my god, anybody in the world that owns a business could use this. Yeah. This is got. This is amazing. And then I realized that wasn't amazing. Yeah, um, because you can't reach everybody. Like yeah. a, a market that is too broad. I mean, that's why Coca Cola or whoever has to buy Super Bowl ads. Yeah, for like five million dollars a spot because they actually have the ability to market to anyone and everyone because mm-hmm. we all drink liquid. Right. But yeah. not everybody uses intelligent space management software or owns a building mm-hmm. or manages a building or whatever. But for those that live in the building, we want all those things to respond as quickly, effectively, and yeah. in preferably invisibly.
0: Yeah. And, and that's essentially what we're doing, right? Because yeah. we're not s we're not we're providing tenant tools so you can submit work orders and automate your payment for your rent. But we're not, you know, providing those smart amenities, right, for the tenants to then control. This is, you know, we want to be that umbrella, that, that invisible force field to them, per se.
1: So you talk about collecting rent. That's actually a big thing because, you know, cash yeah. flow is the lifeblood of any business. Yeah. And, oh, man, I'll tell you what. Any, I mean, I've been through it. Uh, any, any business always has cash flow issues. Like, I mean, theoretically, on some levels, you, you do. It's, I mean, because people don't pay in a timely way, nope. like for whatever reason, they forgot, they're out of the country, they don't have the money, they're just never going to pay you, mm-hmm. like whatever. So like, what's the process for helping people collect? I'm assuming you guys don't actually truly handle the money.
0: So we use, um, well, everything's streamlined. Yeah. Well, that's
1: what I said. Like, you don't. You can platforms like well, with Gigabook, we will help you collect a payment for the services you book online, but we never touch that money.
0: No, exactly. So the you know how it works is if I'm a property manager, you know that need, or I could be anyone, and I want to collect rent from my tenants. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to sign up and I'm going to create an account receivable or multiple accounts receivable, and then depending on who that tenant which belongs to which building, meaning which account receivable the money goes to, uh, whenever tenant pays, that money instantly gets transferred to that account receivable automatically same day. Um, You know, so kind of how we help, we help automate that process uh, uh, through uh, what we call tenant space, which is our uh, tenant version of our uh, property management. Sure.
1: And, you know, I would imagine that you can look back at the, tenants like I mean some people like I just don't pay on time ever. yeah
0: so you know we have a learning right ever. well yeah that's that's an issue and we can only send so many alerts that
1: hey you're mm-hmm. late but, yeah you know well you can't make someone pay a- but, absolutely I mean being able to have an understanding of that as a building owner and not and not I mean really any business manager and not have to um like go in and look at the analytics because mm-hmm. I mean it's one thing if you own like like two rental homes. Yeah. You know, if they paid the rent or not, but yeah. when you have a building that has, um, mega space in it. And, you know, so I think that, so once again, we're here in Kansas city and Kansas city is like on some levels, maybe not the best market for particle space. Meaning like people overwhelmingly live in single family homes here. Mm-hmm. Now you're from Chicago mm-hmm. where in Chicago proper, that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. the opposite. Like most people don't live in detached single family homes. There's a lot more apartment dwelling, but worldwide, um, I mean, that's how most people live. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things it's, I told you, I mentioned earlier, I used to work for Roland. And, you know, Roland's the world's largest manufacturer of electronic musical instruments. And by volume, they are the world's largest drum manufacturer. Yeah. Which nobody like immediately associates them with drums. But then you start thinking it's because they make digital drums. And because people overwhelmingly live in tight spaces and tight quarters. And if you've ever lived or had a kid or owned a drum set, you know mm-hmm. that they are loud, gotcha. really loud. Yeah. So like, and, and like, those are the things like, I just remembered that particular part of, of working for them. I was like, Oh wow. I never, because I've, you know, I grew up in Kansas city. I lived in Indianapolis for a while. I've just never really lived in, I've lived in an apartment like Once in my life. So it's different, but some people yeah. are completely the opposite. Okay. So <clears throat> your background is as a software engineer. Mm-hmm. So how has that benefited you, uh, with what you've done in particle space and how has that also maybe been a detriment?
0: Yeah. So, you know, the, the huge benefit is I'm a tech founder, right? Yeah. I've been able to build everything myself um, and and build a lot of the technology without needing to um, get additional resources just because I had had the, the skill set to do so. Um, but at the same time, that's hurt me because as a you know generally tech founders or we're just developers, we love our technology.
1: yeah, they they're not tip- I mean and if you most tech founders aren't the sales well, that yeah so guys. so they are they don't think about they they're like, Tech 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 oh shit I gotta sell something <laughs> sell something back to tech 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 you know yeah. which is obviously important if you don't have the technology it's hard to sell something but yep you got so gotta find a balance my
0: yeah so the the, the biggest thing for me was realizing that hey you can't fall in love with the technology because if you do you'll continuously spend time perfecting it yeah right um, and, and at one point you have to get these key pain points finished or at least somewhat solved and begin, you know, going out there generating some revenue, get yeah. some get some clients and then build from that or or raise money, right? Um, you know, so Have you done that? Uh, no, not yet. In the
1: process of nope, it?
0: Nope, I've bootstrapped everything.
1: So. Is that something you're opposed to?
0: Nope, not at all.
1: Sure. I, I just curious. think
0: I just so, think that uh, uh I've had the resources at my disposal to be able to accomplish as
1: much as I've sure. been able to. At some point that's inevitable. If Cause like yeah. I said, like the, with your total addressable market being as big as it is, like you vault yourself, Oh, I, I'm you almost have, have, to have to be huge or yeah. acquired yep. by someone who's then going to make yeah. it huge. So, you know, we, and, e- and there's, you know what, either or can be fine. Yeah. I mean, they really can. You talk about falling in love with your technology. So is that one of those? so, Um, As someone who I tell people, I write checks, not code. um, And they're both important parts of the process. I mean, they really are. But at the same time, I've been around this, like with developers and they're like, I don't know, man, I don't want to hear anything. I don't ever want to hear about how fucking elegant your code needs to be. Mm -hmm. Does it work or does it not? Like, and I, and, and, you know, I, I wrote a book called balance me that it, and this is, this is topical. It's about, it, you know, finding balance in your personal professional mm-hmm. and physical life. But so much of it comes down to relying on the things that are, that are important, but really in the end, things do boil down to yeses, no's, zeros, ones, true, false, win, lose, black white. Yeah up, down, left, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, and as, as someone that's building the tech, you talked about, there are these key pain points that we have to get through. Yeah. So like for, for those that are tech founders out there, like, do you think now look yeah, you sometimes charge through these things and realize that you are accumulating what is called technical debt Yeah. and technical debt are the things that you are going to have to go back and fix at some point. Yep. So where do you, where do you bridge the gap there? So
0: that's, that's tough, right? Cause I used to always, you know, if, if at first you're stuck in, uh, uh building out your tech and, and falling in love with, uh, uh, you know, everything you're trying to build the aspect of, um, you just have to move, you have to c- continuously move forward uh, uh, I think
1: that's great advice, right? Just right there. Those like, keep moving forward. Yeah. So next, next,
0: so, so next. Have you, did you, at the end of the day, did you accomplish the 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 business requirement, right? What is acceptable uh, uh, for an end user for their, uh, what whatever pain point you're solving? As soon as you've done that, I mean, you got to move to the next. And, um, you know, I think for me, what I try and do is, uh, from a technical side is build core components. And and of course, as you're more experienced, you're just going to write better code in general, but leave yourself comments, leave things structured <coughs> in a way through your dev process. Leave
1: breadcrumb trails yeah, for so the that, next guy. Yeah. Or
0: Yes. you know, it commonly, I think
1: that's really smart right there. Cause one thing that people that go chart, not everyone's good at that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get someone else that comes later behind you. And now you finally got some help and they're just sitting there going, what the? what does this do? Yeah. And then also what I've learned is like you, you hear this, there's uh, programmer's use this term called spaghetti code. Yeah. And that is like, everything is tied together, but it looks like a bowl of spaghetti with sauce in it. <laughs> so you're like trying to like pull one. And we went through this yeah. with gigabook. Cause you know, the thing is, is you don't necessarily know what you don't know until the moment you realize you don't know it. I know that yeah. sounds like a weird statement, but it is true it is. when it comes to building software or a business or whatever. Yep. And there are things that like you get in and and, and and until you get your stuff in front of real people or things that it, or it, I guess in this day and age, things that it integrates and reacts with. Yeah. Give you an example. Google Calendar sucks to integrate with. Mm -hmm. It just has its own weird kind of rules and things like that. And Mm -hmm. it just makes it kind of challenging to make it universally sync. Mm -hmm. Cause you get back to that customizable thing. Some people want the client's phone number in there. Some people don't, some people want an address and people don't, you know, you're just Mm -hmm. like, what are you going to do? What are you going to get in there? But those basic business requirements help you get open. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to sometimes reference the, there's a old kind of, Business, I don't know if we call it a fable or a story. There's a shopkeeper and he's so obsessed with cleaning the store that he forgets to open it every day. And you can do that as a developer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. I like to drive that point home because you know that the like the term MVP, minimally viable product, get it out there, hear what people have to say about it.
0: Yeah. Well, the new things, MMP.
1: Which is?
0: (laughs) Minimal marketable
1: product. Ah, All right. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) So
0: I I think of like MVP as, you know, you're getting this in front of investors to show them basic functionality. And then the MMP is what you got the money for. Right. Whether if if you raised and that's what you can uh, uh, sell, you can market. Right.
1: Well, and that's and that's a key thing, too. So you talked about like being a developer and like so you can raise money or you can sell stuff. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm just a big fan of selling stuff. Like nothing validates what you're doing more than other people paying for it and then continuing to pay for it. Absolutely. So, and, and that's, and that's one of the challenges. Like you can have the, so if you want to raise money or you're trying to find investors, I'm going to tell you right now, the one thing that they're going to look at is, are you selling stuff? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, you have. They'll look at the founder, they will look at your history. They want to bet on the jockey, they want to bet on the horse. Is this a good product? Are you running immediately running into the room with an 800 pound gorilla that's yeah. just going to crush you like Donkey Kong? Or, I mean, it's true, but yeah. the thing that you are going to that nothing will make you more desirable and more attractive to other people, not only employees, investors, partners, anybody, than selling stuff. Sure. Yeah. So,
0: you know, and that's what I had to learn, right? For Because I just had to learn, you got to get out there and sell, Yeah, you know, and that's just because that hasn't been my strong suit, right?
1: Well, and you can't be great at everything too. No, so, absolutely. yeah. So did you have to teach yourself how to sell or do you have someone else that's helping you with that?
0: Right? Uh, I had to teach myself, but I've had great mentors, Yeah. right? You know, Dude, my, sell- my, selling advisors. can be
1: really hard. It could also be really easy. Like the, the, and I'm a sales guy. So the number one thing I always tell people is first off, you got to ask someone to buy something. Yeah. Don't just be like, Hey, look. And then you're waiting for them to say, you know what? I'll take it. You have to ask. Like if you ask, 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 you will see you'll sell more stuff. Mm-hmm. And the next thing too, is like not focusing on the features, but instead the benefits that those yes. features provide. So okay. like, let's talk about, like you mentioned all kinds of stuff. You're like, we can help you collect rent. We can help you do work orders. We have 3d technology. We can integrate with potential warning warning sensors, um, it's customizable by building. Uh, it's great for facility managers. That's my response to those things. Cause those are all features. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't mean to, to poo poo on the no, features, no, no. but, but you know, and so I'll give you an example, cause I really do think this is important is we can help you streamline your rent collection process. Will improve your cash flow. It'll help you have a better understanding of the the cadence of your payments. Because mm-hmm. here's the thing is like if you look at a building and you say, Okay, we collect seventy percent of our rent on time, we collect twenty percent of it a week late, and ten percent of it seems to always be a month behind. Yeah. That's good stuff to know. Yeah. You can a- understand your cash flow.
0: You know, and then and at the <clears throat> simplest of form, you're staying connected yeah.
1: truly.
0: To the, your buildings. And, three and
1: century, then other, yeah. other things too, like the, like you talk about a feature of like, we integrate with warning sensors. Like that that is awesome. But if you're trying to sell it, you so say we can integrate with warning sensors. It will increase response time if you have a critical incident that could cause yeah. building damage. So that's a benefit. Yeah. And that's what will get the attention of the yeah. people that are listening and wanting to buy something. Yeah. And then sometimes they are so type A, you have 10 seconds. Are you interested in me helping you save a hell of a lot of money, David? Yeah. Cuz <laughs> cuz that would get my attention. Yeah. Hey, do you want to save a whole lot of money? I mean, sure. What do you got? You yeah. know, do you want to sell a lot more stuff? Okay, you got my attention. Sometimes it's that simple. Sell more, spend less, preferably do both. Okay, so <clears throat> once again, you can check out Particle Space at particlespace.com. They're on the Facebook They added the the back end. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) At Particle Space LLC. (laughs) You want to check us out. um, You want to learn more about what myself and Matt Watson do. You can go to fullscale.io. We're also on Instagram at at Startup Hustle Podcast. You can also check out our new YouTube channel. You can see what we look like (sighs) compared to what we sound like. Folks, do I look like what I sound like? (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing. So, David, thank you very much for coming in. Once again, go to ParticleSpace.com. See you all next time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit
1: StartupHustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.